Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. It's good to be back. We're excited. We just finished that series on thankfulness, and uh, we're in Advent now. Advent literally starts today and goes to December 24th. Advent kicks off, and we're going to kick off this Advent series. But what is Advent? I mean, we talk about Advent, but what does that really mean? There's a couple of key components to Advent. It's the uh, uh, preparation and celebration of the nativity of Jesus, him coming, and, and, and those who waited for him to come on his birth. But then there's always this, there's this looking forward to his second coming for us and what God has for us. So Advent is celebrating and, 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 and wrestling and thinking about and, and this anticipation, this excitement of who Jesus is. There's really two waitings. There's Genesis 3, when the fall of man, and I'll talk a little bit about that, and they're waiting for Christ to come and be born. But then there's this Revelation 21, which I'll talk about, of our waiting for the advent of Christ and him coming a second time. And we're in this series we're calling Old Holy Night, which we sang um, this Advent season. There's a book, The Advent, The Weary World Rejoices, which I'm pulling a lot of the material from, which is an excellent, you can't get it. I tried to get it online and it was sold out, but it, it's a great resource on Advent. And this week we're talking about hope, the weary world Next week, we'll talk about peace, and the following week, we'll talk about joy and love. And, and as in anything that, that we preach out of God's Word, if you just walk out of here and you let it die on this floor, just don't come. Ooh. Ooh. Walk out of here and just wrestle a little bit. Chew on it a little bit in this season. Don't, don't just let it be something that I checked it off the list. I went to church, heard John rant and rave, and now we can go home. Wrestle with this word and what God's doing in your life. In this Advent season, that maybe, just maybe, he would do something different. Do something new, something more. So this week in week one, I want to talk about the thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Anybody weary? Has anybody ever... Right in that weary, just like, ah, oh, that weariness. I want to I give you hope today. At some time in your life, you're going to walk in that weariness. <clears throat> and it, 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 I want to I give you some keys to what Scripture says in this season of the hope and how the world will rejoice. And I want to talk about waiting with the hope, hoping in the unexpected, praying with hope, and hope in the silence, and the light of hope this morning. Let me pray as we get started. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that as Advent starts, God, that we can look to the coming of Christ. We can celebrate his birth. God, I pray that uh, during this season, Lord, that Lord, we'd be set apart, Lord, that we'd be set apart for you, and our lives would be different. And God, we'd walk in this hope, and then we'd bring hope to others, Father God. Lord, let us be lights in the midst of the darkness in this weary world, Father God. 
And I thank you for the men and women in this church. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Excuse me. All right, let's kick it off. Waiting with hope. Now, this is interesting because the, the waiting begins right here. It says this, And the Lord God said to the woman, What is that you have done? Genesis 3. The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat the dust all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. This is the beginning of the new waiting. The waiting begins for these people some 6,000 years ago, back in the beginning of time. The waiting starts to the advent of Christ. If you ever, I'm sure many of you like to sit in, in, in Matthew 1, the genealogy of Christ. I'm sure you study that and you read that one all the time. I, I, I made it small because I'm not going to read it because I can't pronounce half the names. Let's go with three quarters. Okay, most of the names. But in that, we know the, the names Abraham and Rahab and Solomon and Josiah and Joseph and Mary and all the different names of these people in this 4,000-year waiting period. See, now here's the thing. Some of you are in this waiting right now. That was 4,000 years. Some of you are in this waiting period right now, and you're going, oh, God, what are you doing? Oh, God, I can't wait any longer. Can you imagine the 4,000 years? God, I can't wait any longer for you to do what, the, what you said you would do in my life. God, I can't wait any longer in this pain, in this suffering, in this fill-in-the-blank, whatever it might be. 4,000 years, these men and women waited. But they waited with hope. See, here, here's, here's what you, you've got to grab a hold of today. Whatever you're going through, wherever you're at in the stage, you're waiting with a hope. And it says this in Romans 15, 4, For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. You know why this word is here today? So that you can see the faithfulness of God in some, however many people I had on that screen, over a 4,000-year period, you can see God's faithfulness so that you can know that God is faithful in your life. I... Uh, I was in uh, Chicago, uh, gosh, 25 years ago, working in a sports ministry, and we and, and, uh, uh, were working with the Bears, and we had a room full of about 10, 15 guys, and, and, and one of the guys, grabbed, oh, I, you know, he was mad because uh, this, this picture of David in the Bible, and, and that God would, you know, expose David for, you know, six, 7,000 years, or however long it's been, that, that David's name is in there and exposed for eternity, and I, I said, do you, do you understand God's grace? Look, God put that in there for you so that you could see when you are like David, that you see God's redemptive hand in your life. Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is about God's redemption, and he gave us this word so that we could walk in the hope of God's redeeming self, that we don't have to walk in the frustration and the hurt. There's this waiting in the hope and that song, O Holy Night, the weary world rejoices. And, and my prayer is that in this season, that in your weary, in your tiredness, whatever it is, that you would be able to rejoice. 
that you would rejoice. Because even in their, 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 their waiting some 4,000 years, there was this hope, this thrill of hope that was in their hearts that sustained them. They trusted in the hope of the promise. What was the promise? The promise was Jesus. Abraham, in Genesis 15, we see that, that, that God shows them all the stars in the sky and says, this is, these are your descendants. And through them will come the Messiah. Hope. It's 4,000 years. But the good thing is none of you are going to live 4,000 years. <laughs> none of you are going to have to deal with 4,000 years. But maybe 80, maybe 90. So it, it is grabbing a hold of the promise of this word. That is hope. That is hope. The second waiting is the one we're walking in today. It says this in Romans 10, 9. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. And the moment that you and I come into this relationship with Jesus, the moment that that is the consummation of eternal salvation in a relationship with Jesus, the waiting begins again. What are we waiting for? That day that we stand before Jesus. The day that Jesus comes back again. See, the hope is in this, that it won't stay like this. That your filling the stuff won't be there forever. That, that frustration, the, the, the difficulty, the hope is this, that Christ is coming back someday. And I don't have to live in it. It says this in Revelation 21, 4 and 5. This is the hope. It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old, the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated at the throne said, I am making everything new. And, I, and whatever you're walking in today, you have to trust in the hope of the promise that God has given you. Whatever frustration you have today, you walk in the hope of the promise that God says this. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more hopelessness. There'll be no more of whatever it is. And only in the consummation of who Christ is, as we see him again, we walk in the fullness of what God has promised. In, in, in this Christmas season, We've had uh, the last, oh gosh, six, seven Christmas seasons have, have been, been crazy. We're excited because this will be a non-crazy Christmas in Jesus' name, Amen. by faith. But, but, <laughs> where is the, gosh, that, that's not what I needed right now, Melvin. I needed your encouragement. I needed your faith. I needed your strength. There is hope regardless of what he says. It's in the promise that God has given us that we stand on in our lives. The same hope that you too can stand on. What am I asking? In this season, you'll wait in the hope. It's so much easier said than done. Because some of us are going through some difficulties. Some of us are going some really heavy stuff. And for me to sit up here and go, well, wait in the hope. Wait in the hope. Can't you just wait in the hope? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I can say wait in the hope is because I've had to wait in the hope. The reason I say wait in the hope is not because I was great at waiting in the hope, because I watched this woman wait in the hope when I was like 
screw this, forget it. Not God, but this whole thing called life. And I waited. See, because here's, here's the key. There may be some idiot out there like me that's in your life that needs to see you wait in the hope that needs to see you stand in the hope of Jesus when you're ready to just say, forget it all. See, that, that's the light of Christ. That's the hope he's talking about. And it's you, Christ in you. Number two, hoping in the unexpected. This is one of my favorites. It says this in Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are, my ways, or neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. What's he saying? What's he saying? He's saying, you guys have no clue. What's he saying? I, I am clueless. Let me, let me, we often talk about the parallel of the natural and the spiritual, okay? And they run parallel to one another. What does this look like? You know what it looks like? It looks like uh, Josh's little son running around during worship, completely crazy and uh, clueless to the world. And what's going on? There's an innocence and beauty about that. But there's this, this thing that, that God goes, wait, 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 okay. See, my thoughts are not, this, this kid's running around. His thoughts are not our thoughts because our thought is, uh, Josh, get your kid under control. That was our thoughts. No, that is not true. I promise you that was not true. We thought it was great, Josh. We love it. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm leaving this church. <laughs> That's not what we thought. But, but my point is this. You know, a child just doesn't see. It's hoping in the unexpected. I was, we, were, we, we dropped Hudson off at the airport. We, Chris at, what, five this morning dropped four. I oh, got up at four, sorry. So I'm in my office studying. She, come, she came back by after she dropped him off at like five and talking and stuff, and I'm trying to study. And I, I, I said to Chris, I said, well, you know, as I'm reading this, what was your unexpected? And this is what I heard. I'm not saying this is what she said, okay? So let me clarify. Just, just, this is what I heard. Because, well, I think what she said was, well, I really didn't expect this, meaning, you know, church and all that stuff. Is that kind of what you said? Here's what I heard. Okay. <laughs> this will be interesting. Here's what I heard. You know, 25 some years ago, uh, you know, I was, I was dancing in L.A. and doing some movies, and, and I, I dated tall, uh, dark, uh, athletic, uh, strong men. And today, uh, <laughs> and today uh, I'm married to a short, fat, white guy that likes rock music, and, and I'm sitting in a church at Kaiser Elementary with, the, with you. Uh, very unexpected. That's what I heard. I know that's not what you meant. That's just... We need to do a marriage conference, son. God, there, there's hope there. You're exactly right. Hope in the unexpected because I know this, that I know this, and I know this. That even in the midst of all that, that road of what she came through and what she could be doing and what she's doing, the hope in what Christ has done in her and doing through her to others. Unbelievable. Some of you sitting there go, I didn't expect this. 25 years ago, 10 years ago. I didn't expect this. I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. God's ways are not my ways. I'm not saying God caused it, but he allows things. My ways are not your ways. Hoping in the unexpected. See, he knows what we don't know. He sees beginning to end and everything in between, and we see this. 
all we see in our situation is this moment, this moment in time. He takes into account things we never knew. He takes into account the totality of, of eternity. God is a little wiser than you. I don't know if you know that. God is infinite in his wisdom. God knew this. He knew this, that working harder wasn't the answer. Some of you think, if I just work harder at this thing called life in Jesus, he'll accept me. It's not the answer. He knew this, that the compromise wasn't the answer. Well, let's just compromise and make everybody happy. He knew this, that throwing the idea of sin away wasn't the answer. I can't just turn my back and let these people do what they're doing. That's not the answer. God knew a way to satisfy that, that was required for your sin and mine. There was only one way. And he did this unexpected thing, something that you and I can't conceive, something that you and I would never do, in sacrificing one that we loved, our son, for a sinner. It's so unexpected. It's so out of the box. It's so unimaginable. And God goes and says, I'm going to give my son for you. I'm going to give my son to you. Jesus, who lived this perfect life, is going to pay the price that you should pay. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. God said this great exchange, his life for mine. His life for mine. What an amazing deal. What an incredible story of grace and love as we look forward to who Jesus is. In this season, whatever's unexpected and happened in your life, hope in the unexpected. Know that God can be right in the middle of it if you let him. Hope in the unexpected. I know you didn't expect trees to fall into your cars and destroy them this weekend. Hope in the unexpected. I don't know. I, hope in the unexpected this season. Watch what God might do. Watch what he might do if you'll just hope in that unexpected. I love this. Praying with hope. Praying with hope. It says this in Hebrews 4, 14 and 15. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. We have a Jesus that we follow that understands your hurt, understands your pain, that totally understands our struggles, that knows what you're dealing with when you're dealing with your addiction, that knows what you're dealing with when you're dealing with your pain, that knows what you're dealing with when you're dealing with your loneliness, that knows exactly what it feels like to walk in the skin of humanness and and be rejected that's jesus and, and and this praying in hope is knowing that i'm not just praying to this nebulous god this god that doesn't understand this god that doesn't hear but i'm praying to jesus who fully understands has experienced everything i've experienced except for sin he understands the temptation he gets it 
The other thing that's beautiful about the God that I serve is I have access 24-7. Now, natural and spiritual, they run parallel to one another. The, the natural world and the spiritual world. My children have access to me, not 24-7. They think they do and I tell them they do, but I, <laughs> come on, serious, you guys? Seriously, I'm like so like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. Oh, they're calling? Let me just put it down right now. Or Even as an earthly father, they don't have total access to me. I hide. I go into places. They can't get me. <laughs> Call me a bad dad. Call me whatever you want. And you guys do the same or you're liars. <laughs> My children have access to me, but not what God has for us. 24-7. I, I love the scripture in Matthew 27. One. It's such a, a vivid picture of and, and, and this access that we have. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. And at this moment, we have access to God the Father because of Jesus Christ who died for our sins. And when we come into this relationship, this intimate relationship with Jesus, I can walk into the throne room of the Father. I can speak to the Father. I can cry out to the Father. I can walk with God. My hope is this, as I pray with hope, knowing that God hears me. See, some of us, we just stop praying. We just stop praying. We, we, we lost the hope of this word. Part of the reason that we lost the hope of this word is because we start reading this word. We stop reading it. We stop fellowshipping and, and surrounding ourselves with people who would actually encourage us in this word. And we just we took a step away, and the next step got a little further, and the next step got a little further, and next thing you know, the chaos is, is rampant in our lives, and, and it's out of control, and, and then this next thing happens. There's silence, and we don't know what's going on. See, there's, there's hope in the silence. There's hope in the silence. It says in Deuteronomy 31, 6, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. There's hope in the silence. I, I, I don't know if, if anybody's dealing with that right now. It's like, where's God? Where's God? I can't hear him. I don't, I don't, when, I, when I try to read this word, I don't hear him. When I try to pray, I can't, I can't grab anything from him. It just seems like there's just this silence that is going on. Anybody know what the, this big word, intertestamental period is? I didn't either until I read about it, and I'm a preacher. Okay. It, it is this, this time of silence, of 400 years of silence. It is it, it roughly 400 years, spanning from the ministry of Malachi to John the Baptist. 400 silent years because some maintain that it was in this span where God revealed nothing new. No prophets, no words, no smoke. It's like there is no God speaking. And some of you feel that same way today. I, I, we've all been in the, those places of silence where you're just crying out, God, I can't hear you. God, I need you. 
God, I can't hear you. Uh, it, what's interesting about this time of 400 years of silence is, 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 is what God was doing behind the scenes. There was this cultural merge that was taking place on the earth. And, and the, 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 the Romans and the, and the Jews and the Greeks, and there was this change happening. And, and, and uh, God was opening roads. Travel started to become more and more frequent, and roads from and throughout the land became more and more prominent. It was this time of silence that you couldn't hear from God, but God was paving a way for this interaction to take place on this earth so that people could come and go, and that they were crying out, and they were ready for a Savior, so that when Jesus came, the time was perfect. See, here's the deal with this silent time that we walk in. Just hold on one second. Don't say anything. It's hard to live in. It's awkward. It, 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 I have to actually start thinking about the thoughts of my life. See, in this silence, I actually... There's not someone preaching to me saying, hey, you got to get it going. you got to read your word. You've got to fill in the blank. It's, that's not what's happening. You've got to actually look in the mirror in your life because no one's saying anything. And you've got to kind of see your own self. And for some of us, it's not pretty. Just silence. Uh, this silence retreat that Chris is talking about, it's not, it, it's not easy in this world to do. Highly recommend because the fruit of it is, is, is amazing. But know this. Know this in the silence. In your silence, God's still working. See, silence is not the absence of God. During the times in our lives when God seems silent, he's working in ways that we don't understand or see. All of this to prepare us for what's next. In, 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 in the difficult times in my life, um, I can look back now and I can see some three or four years ago when we left our last church and, and, and we didn't really even know what we are doing. There was this period of time of just, okay, God, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Now, what I didn't realize is that God had to do some things in me. I, I was not hearing from God at all. I wasn't praying. We weren't, I didn't really weren't going to church. I was just, I'm like, God, what? And, and, but what God was doing behind the scenes was this. He was knocking some things out of me. Humbling me. I know it's hard to believe. I don't. <laughs> serious? That was a serious line and you just laughed at me? I know I needed humility, <laughs> so that was a perfect response. There, there were some things God was doing, but I'm telling you, if, 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 if God was, wasn't silenced, I wouldn't have been grasping and going after and, and crying out, and I wouldn't be able to see. I had to look at myself and realize maybe it's not just them. Maybe I'm a little bit of the jerk. Because all of us want to go, it's them. Fill in the blank, whoever them is. It's her. It's him. It's that boss. It's that pastor. It's that whatever. 
Sometimes God makes us sit in the silent place so that we can just look in the mirror. See, there's hope in silence. If you take the string of, of all these different hopes, you just see God can work in so many ways that you never thought he could work. God can work right in the middle of not saying a word. There's hope in his silence. The silence, maybe it's just for a situation. Maybe he's speaking to you over here, you're reading your word good. Maybe it's just for a situation. you got to trust God in that situation. The silence may be in a relationship. God's not saying anything about this relationship. you got to trust him and look in the mirror. Maybe he's talking to you, trying to change you. I don't know. In, in this season, would you hope in the silence where you don't feel like God's speaking? That doesn't mean we don't still cry out to God and go, God, I need you. Because even in the silence, I was constantly, God, I need you. God, I need you. He didn't go anywhere. He wasn't gone. He's just like, trust me in the silence. Hope in the silence. And he said, look, go look and see what I did in my word. Look at the 400 years I didn't speak, but look what I did. I set the pathway for my son to come. And you may not be able to feel it. You may not be able to see it, what, what he's going to do. But hope in the fact that he's doing something because I know that I know that I know that he is. And I hope in the silence. Lastly, the light of hope. Isaiah 9, 2, the people walking in the darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the deep darkness, a light has dawned. That's what I'm asking from you this Christmas season. Is that the light of hope would be so deep inside of you that when you walked into a dark room, the light would dawn. When you walk into that dinner with family, that the light would dawn. That when you walk into that Christmas party, that the light would dawn. When you walk into that business meeting, when you walk into a burned down building, when you walk into whatever you walk into, that the light would dawn. That hope of Christ that lives in you would go forth to bring the hope to others. That's what Christmas is about. That's why we're celebrating this Advent season. See, this, this whole thing about Jesus is not about you. But it's so not about you, it's about you. And when you get that, you walk out these doors and the light will dawn in your classroom. The light will dawn in your workplace. The light will dawn at Starbucks on, down on the island. The light will dawn in your school. The light will dawn when you're playing country music out at, with Jed out in the, the light. Will, I love country music. The light will dawn as you're writing for uh, the Washington Post or one of those Washington newspapers. The light will dawn in the midst of your darkness. Jesus said this, I'm the light of the world. And again, Jesus spoke to us said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I know this, this. I know that I know that I know this. When you have that relationship with Christ Jesus and you, 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 you dive into who he is in his word and you walk in these principles of hope that we're talking about and, and you understand, I know that I know that I know the light goes forth. That's what I'm calling us to. That, that's, that's what I believe this church is about. 
That's why some of you are still here. We've run some people off. Chris has had the gift of sitting in the crowd. But, I, but I, <laughs> maybe true. Um, <laughs> but I, I look at, at, at the people in here and I go, they're light in the midst of darkness. And I'll lose 50 to gain 20 that understand this principle. I'll lose 100 to gain one who understands this principle. Because one person who walks in the light of hope can change thousands of people. Amen. Maybe it's you. I am the light of word, world. It says this in Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He will be called. These are, these are the characters. This is who Jesus is. He's the wonderful counselor. That word it means, it means literally incomprehensible. When you walk in this relationship with Jesus, when you start to understand who Jesus is, it's incomprehensible. You can't understand his forgiveness and great. It is incomprehensible, his love for you and others. His love for you, his grace, his mercy is incomprehensible. It's so much bigger than what we put in that little box. Says that he is mighty God. He performs wonders and cannot fathom and miracles you cannot, that cannot be counted. God's power is unlimited. He can do anything he wants. And he doesn't need your approval. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He's bigger than anything you've put in your mind. And that issue and that problem and that, that stronghold that, that you're dealing with, God is bigger than that. That addiction, God is bigger than that. That depression, God is bigger than that. That issue in your marriage, God is bigger than that. He is a mighty God and he can do miracles. I believe he is today. In each one of our lives. He's an everlasting father. Some of you need to hear he's the everlasting father. For some of us, we don't know what a father really should look like. We didn't have good examples of a father. But in this word, it says that he is the everlasting father. The Messiah will be a father, and his fatherhood will be without end. He's not the dad that walks away. He's not the dad that condemns. He's not the father that says, I don't want to do any, have anything to do with this family. He is the father that sits right in the middle of your mess and doesn't go anywhere. He's the father that doesn't walk away. He's the father that loves unconditionally. He's the father that is everlasting. He's the prince of peace. Now some of us think that peace being, oh, everything will be just fine around here and peaceful. But that's not what he's talking about. In our sinful state, we are enemies of God. When you're in your sinful state, you are against God. And it says this, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that yet while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. In the midst of your mess, God said this, here's my son to pay the price for your sin. Because of Christ's sacrifice, we restored a relationship, a peaceful relationship with Jesus. When Jesus came, he restored us unto the Father. He restored us in this peace. That peace is this, that I don't have enmity against God, that there isn't this fighting against God. That peace is this, that I can lay my head on my pillow at night knowing full well, not having to do with my sin, because we all sin, but knowing full well that God's grace is sufficient. And walk in peace knowing that his love is everlasting. 
I can walk in peace knowing that I will not be separated from God the Father. When I come into that relationship with Jesus, when I repent of my sins, I can walk in this freedom knowing that God the Father brings peace in my life. Hope and light this Christmas. Hope in the light. Hope in the light of that peace that God brought into your life when you came into a relationship with him. And for some of us, we're going, I don't really remember. For some of us, it's like, I got saved years ago, but my, 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 my experience with Jesus and my life don't really match up. And God says, okay, that's all right. This is how powerful and mighty God is. He says, let's get it back on. Let's restore. See, because the God that I serve is constantly restoring. He's restoring. He's restoring. He's restoring me unto the Father. He's restoring me out of my sin into this place, this relationship with Christ. So I don't walk in condemnation. I don't have to walk in guilt. I don't walk with heaviness on my shoulders. I walk with this, this understanding of who he is. And my shoulders are back and my head's up, not because of me, but because of him. And I walk in the light. And maybe, just maybe, someone says, how do you do it? Maybe, just maybe, someone grabs a hold of you. I'm going through some difficult times right now. How do you make it in this thing called life? And you just say, Jesus. And for some of you, that's enough. For others, you'll start to unfold your story. And watch what God might do. Watch what God might do. He's a mighty God. We sang this song, Oh Holy Night. As the band comes back up to lead us in some more worship. A thrill of hope. And a weary world rejoices right in the middle of oh holy night. I want to walk in the thrill of hope. Too many of you are walking in the agony of defeat. I want to walk right in the middle of hope. And God says today is the day. Today. And then when you wake up tomorrow, he goes, tomorrow's the day. You walk in that same hope. And then when I wake up the next day, he says, today is the day. And I walk in that hope. A thrill of hope as the weary world rejoices. I'm tired of being tired. Tired of being tired. And I want to walk in the hope of Jesus. Not so I can be happy, but so maybe, just maybe, someone else might know Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.